Welcome to the My Life is the Medicine podcast, where we get off the never-ending search for more and take an inward gaze to find how our lives have already taught us profound truths. Rather than turning outward to experts or gurus, we talk with ordinary people and reflect inwardly about the life journey and everything felt, thought, and experienced along the way. Join us in casual conversation and reflective dialogue to discover how simply living a normal life, reflecting on our own life experiences, has already given us all the expertise we need. Hosted by Chuck Hancock, an ordinary human who has lived life in many roles, like psychotherapist, software engineer, school teacher, orphan, adoptee, father, brother, mentor, coach, ceremonialist, and more. Chuck is a weaver of wisdom from modern day psychology to ancient wisdom of indigenous and European roots, creating alchemy from everyday modern American life. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Chuck Hancock, your host. In this first episode, I just want to give a brief little introduction to myself. Um, First of all, where I sit right now uh, in my psychotherapy office in the middle of town, Fort Collins, Colorado. I find myself working as a psychotherapist, but I've landed here after 45 years of a life journey of seeking. Um, What have I been seeking? Well, in some ways, I think that changes. But overall, I would say that what I've been seeking is wisdom and and truth after coming into the world uh, raised in a family of deception. I'll go into my original story a little bit later in the podcast because the whole point of this podcast is that everybody's life story is actually unique. Everybody's life story has a lot of wisdom and medicine in it. I know through my life of seeking, I kept thinking that all the wisdom and the medicine was actually external to me. But after many, many, many years of being told, no, you have to look within, and all my resistance to it, eventually I'm starting to get how that works and why it is true that our own wisdom actually is within us, and we have to learn how to listen to it. And by looking at our own life experiences... That actually is the teacher. I've spent a lot of time trying to learn how to be a healer. Um, My early days of psychotherapy, I trained heavily in a method called Hakomi, which is a somatic psychotherapy that's very mindfulness-based that helps people turn within and study the signs and the uh, images and the belief systems, the emotional patterns, the tension patterns in the body, the energetic patterns in the body. And did a lot of training with uh, trauma treatment, um, with EMDR, of course, and internal family systems and parts work, ego state work, as well as being a therapist, um, doing research with the MAPS, MDMA, assisted psychotherapy trials, where we use some of those tools with the assistance of MDMA, which um, is a powerful substance that helps amplify a lot of the internal world. Also did a lot of studying in relationship work, um, especially with uh, Terry Real, Relational Life Therapy, and with the Gottmans, and in my own private practice of doing somatic psychotherapy with couples, helping people really attune to themselves while they're attuning to each other. 
started studying archetypal psychology and Jungian psychology and dream work, how to help people process their dreams and make meaning and uh, gain the wisdom out of all the symbolic in our lives. Also did studying with rites of passage and indigenous uh, ceremonies and rituals such as Vision Quest and Sweat Lodge and other things that I don't want to talk about in this space. But all of those to say, you know, I, I spent a lot of time seeking, uh, seeking wisdom, seeking healing, seeking better ways and tools to be able to help people find that wisdom. Eventually to come back to this podcast and realize that some of those cliches were actually right. The wisdom really is within. And sometimes those tools can be a distraction when we don't know that. Now here's a caveat. I definitely am still very much a believer in the need for community and ritual and ceremony to help us with our growth process and help us with the healing. Um, and it's really important to be careful that we don't get lost in that. It's not necessarily those external things that brings the healing. It's reflecting on our own experiences as we're going through those process that is really bringing us the insight and the wisdom and the medicine that we need. Um, more on that, I'm sure, at some point as we're talking later. I want to offer you a little story here. Part of my journey included being raised in a very fundamental Christian church. And, of course, if you've had that background, you know, you, you might have experienced that there's some really amazing, beautiful things about that with community and um, people caring for each other. Um, there are some great wisdom teachings that come out of that as well, but also... Uh, the particular branch that I was in was very fundamentalist and very judgmental and, and very um, hypocritical at times. And um, there was a lot of pain and hardship that came out of that as well. So, of course, when I turned 18, I, I left that because um, that was when I was allowed to make my own choice, according to my parents, and became a staunch atheist and you know, really invested a lot in logic and rationality and um, used that as a benchmark for what my belief system was going to be. Many, many years of seeking and searching and um, being depressed. Um, later, I started reading books, reading books on Buddhism and, and yoga and um, earth-based spiritualities and um, indigenous um, philosophies from the North American continent, but I didn't know where to go and study those things more. One of the books that I read during that time was Of Water and the Spirit by Maladoma Somme. And there's something about that book that really spoke to me about... Um, I didn't know where to learn more about it at that time. It was the early days before the internet um, contained a lot of information and you could look up where to go study with these people. So I kind of forgot about it and went on a path of studying indigenous uh, of North American 
ceremonies and spiritualities through some uh, Lakota primarily people that I had been introduced to. And I forgot about um, Maladoma Somme and, and how influential that book was for me. Until many years later, I, I just felt this call of like, hey, I wonder if he's still out there and still teaching. And by then, this was you know 2018 or something like that. Google had a lot of information, and I was able to find out that, yes, indeed, he was still teaching. And I decided to go sign up for a year-long program with him. I'll skip all the stories of all the rituals and elemental immersions we did for now to get to the ending of that story. We were doing a ritual to finalize our time studying with this cohort that we had where we learned cowrie shell divination, which is um, it's a lot of things, but said simply, it's a tool to connect to forces beyond ourselves, especially ancestry, um, those ones of our lineage of choice and of blood and bone, our, our family ancestry, and, and call on them for, for guidance and um, using this cloth uh, that has some symbols on it, as well as a bunch of cowrie shells and other trinkets and such, um, people are able to ask a question and um, and we make some connections and get some wisdom from this this process. You know, again, something that's all about relationship. It's not about um, telling you what to do or telling you what the truth is. It's just you know, here's some information. Really profound process to get to go through this training cohort and and learn about divination and connection to a lot of these forces. And at the very end of this, you know, we had to do this ritual where we were talking to our cloth and letting things come through spontaneously. And to be able to talk about, like, why we felt like we wanted to learn this medicine, like what we were asking for, like what we wanted to offer to people in the world, you know, what was our motivation for going through this whole training and and what we were going to do with the knowledge that we got. And one of the profound things that shocked me when I was up at my cloth and talking is it felt like this force just came over me. And I just kept saying over and over again, my life is the medicine. My life is the medicine. My life is the medicine. I see that and I'm going to offer that. And it's been over a year since I heard those words come out of my mouth. A year of really reflecting on well, what does that mean? You know, again, I've, I've done a lot of uh, really intense uh, ceremonies, a, a lot of vision quests and, and sweat lodges and, and medicine ceremonies to like truly try to connect with medicine. And, and what did this mean that my life was the medicine? You know, what did that mean for all these intense processes that I've put myself through and all these places I've sought wisdom and, and healing and medicine? Did it not matter? And, you know, eventually I've come to rest in every single one of those ceremonies I've gone through, especially the vision quests. There's so much reflection that happens. Like how, 
how has my life been? Like, how am I living my life? How am I living life in ways that are really helpful and supportive and feel like they're in the best interest of me and the people around me? And how am I living life in a way that is not helpful and not supportive of, of health and healing and growth and sustainability of, of my life and my family and my community and the earth. And I realized that every single ceremony I've ever done had some element of that. And, and what if we just made the time to reflect on that on a more regular basis? Or what if we just make the time to reflect on it right now? Um, some of my favorite things to do in the world is just talking to people. Um, it's kind of cliche, but when I start my therapy sessions, I ask people, well, how are you? It's a, it's a simple statement that we ask each other all the time. And the superficial answer, of course, is I'm good or I'm fine. Or maybe we'll go into a little bit of like, well, life's been hard right now, but I'm doing okay. But when we really feel into the depth of that question, how are you? It's an expression of care and this desire to connect between one person and another person. And when the receiver of that question really answers that question by looking fully within and says, oh, this is what I'm feeling and this is what I'm experiencing in my life right now. And this is what it's teaching me. This is what I can learn from it. This is how I've experienced this before and ways that I was able to move through it before. And this is ways that this is totally new and I'm totally lost and I have no idea what to do. But together we can talk about what this is like and learn from it. Like, how are you? That question of care and desire to connect and be in relationship is a powerful question to ask each other and to ask ourselves. And reflecting on life like that actually provides so much insight and wisdom, especially when we're looking through the lens of what are we thinking, what are we feeling, what's happening in our body, and what's happening transpersonally outside of ourselves, and whether you take that to mean um, spiritually or energetically um, or in the larger systems of our um, of our workforces and our, our political systems and um, you know healthcare systems, you know whatever is beyond ourselves. Like if we're looking at all four of those lenses and reflecting on each one, there cannot be wisdom and medicine that comes out of the process. So that's what this podcast is all about. We're going to look at our ordinary lives from ordinary people to help see how medicine shows up for us at the supermarket when we're talking to the cashier, if we're really paying attention. Medicine shows up for us when we're in an argument with our children. Medicine shows up for us as we go to work and interact with our coworkers and we do our tasks and we bring home money and sustenance for our lives, whether it's to simply pay the rent and put food on the table or to be able to buy a new book to learn something new or to go to a new place in the world to learn a new landscape or culture or to go on a retreat or workshop and learn new ideas. It's really just living the life that has the medicine. 
yes, of course, it's helpful to, to read books and to have elders and wisdom keepers to give us teachings. But those things can become a crutch, too. So in this podcast, we're going to invite you to reflect on your own journey as I talk to people that I know um, that are also reflecting on their own life journeys. One of the things that my main mentor was fond of repeating was it's all about relationship. And the meaning of that is something that eluded me for a really long time, especially when it was confused with, you know, it's all about the heart and it's all about love. I got it somehow twisted up in my head that everything was about being in relationship and loving everything and everyone. And some spiritual teachings do teach that, and I think that there's a lot of value in that for sure. But if we look at it in a more nuanced way, especially with this idea that each one of us is unique and has very different gifts and very different purpose in our life, relationship can look just as different and diverse and unique as every individual on this planet does. So what does it mean that it's all about relationship? Well, after over a decade of sitting with people and and psychotherapy, I realized that the wisdom that I have only comes out when other people are talking to me. And the wisdom that you have only comes out when someone is paying attention to you and asking questions and reflecting back some of the things that you've said. So one thing that relationship means, it's all about relationship means, is that to create something new that's healing or informative, has wisdom, it takes a relationship between two people or two things, if you're relating to something in nature, or uh, maybe even a non-human being, if you engage in that sort of work. But it always takes more than just yourself. And so this podcast is interview-based so that we can work together to create something new and harvest the new aliveness and the new wisdom that is available. And hopefully harvesting that wisdom and new creation that really only comes out of two people being in relationship together and riffing off of each other and creating something new, not just regurgitating what's already been said. That's the true aim of being in relationship, the way we see it in this podcast. Michael Mead is fond of saying, there's an African proverb, when death finds you, May it find you alive. And being alive means living your own damn life, not the life that your parents wanted or the life some cultural group or political party wanted, but the life that is your own, that your own soul wants to live. That's the best way to evaluate if you are being yourself or being an authentic person. I want to add in there, too, that rebelling against what culture or society or religious organizations or what your parents wanted for you also is not living 
your own damn life. It's living a contrary life, but it's still in definition related to someone else's expectations. Another quote that I really like that I was introduced to from my kids and their obsession with the Hamilton play by Lin-Manuel Miranda, George Washington says to Alexander Hamilton, dying is easy, son, living is harder. And working with life and death has been a big part of all the ceremonies that I've been a part of as well. And coming back to those basics of being fully alive in all our full humanity and not being dead until it's time to be dead um, is an important idea. So what does it mean to be fully alive? Well, again, that's a question that only you can answer because your life is your life. But for me, I've spent a lot of time with nature connection, spending time relating to the lands in which I live, as well as doing West African drum and dance because having music and rhythm and community bringing in harmony and groove, collaborative co-creation together has been a really important part. And through doing that, I've realized that part of this relational attitude that I was speaking about earlier also is a relationship between differing ideas and relationship between ideas throughout time. So in African drum and dance, there are traditional rhythms that have been passed through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that have a particular purpose, that the foundation and everyone playing together in the right way with the right dialect is really important. And there's also space for improvisation that happens in the moment between the drummers and between the drummers and the dancers. And so there's this relationship between tradition and order and structure as well as creativity and improvisation. If we have too much of just one thing, it's not a relationship. It's too rigid or it's too chaotic. But this dance of the order of things and the ability to create something new is an important part of what can happen in a relationship that's done really well. So to summarize everything I'm trying to get across in this introductory episode here, I've walked a lot of different paths, uh, both scientific and academic and religious, spiritual, both rooted deeply in traditions as well as more open and free form and maybe what people would call new age. And what I've learned through all of those different walks are there's really no one path. We're in this age of everyone is trying to be an expert or a guru or a teacher or a coach, and it's really confusing. It's also really misleading. It can feel really good to have somebody tell you, oh, if you just do these things, then your life is going to get easier or better, or you're not going to have that pain. 
or we're going to help you be more successful and achieve these things. And it might work. You know, there's definitely been some advice that I've heeded over the years that's been a little bit helpful, but nothing has been more helpful than looking back at my own life to really harvest all the lessons and all the wisdom from all the experiences I've had, whether it's been through ritual and ceremony, or it's been through psychotherapy training, or it's been through sitting and listening to my clients, or it's been through the challenges and hardships that I've had in my life when, say, my relationship with my partner isn't going well, or, or with my kids isn't going well, or uh, something happens in a work situation, I have a conflict with a coworker or a boss. All of those things have taught me more about myself and about life than anything I've ever heard from a book or an expert because it's real, experiential, and applied knowledge. It's that knowledge that is in my body and in my bones because I've lived through the experience. Like That's the knowledge that can be accessed way more than theoretical concepts. So in this podcast, we're going to hear all of those stories and draw out those stories from people just like you and I that live ordinary lives so that you can be reminded of your own stories, your own challenges and ordeals and initiations that have happened automatically just by being alive all the years that you've been alive. And once you get really good at harvesting that, then you start to be able to see all of the wisdom and the communication that's happening in our lives every single day, whether it's through something you overhear walking in the grocery store or finding a feather on the ground as you're walking in your neighborhood or a song that has a lyric that really jumps out and touches you. Those things become connection points, not to something that's really outside of you, but something that connects with that inner wisdom and experience that you have already lived in your life so that you can then apply it again and live life with a lot more groundedness and centeredness and, and mastery and confidence, knowing like, oh yes, of course I can handle this. I know exactly what to do. Because I have support, I have help, I have the wisdom, I have the knowledge, because I've been living these experiences already. It's through those experiences, again, that we have in our body, somatically, in our heart, in our feelings, our emotions, through our mind, as well as those things that are outside of us. The more we can connect into all four of those domains, as we're both learning and acting in the world, the more effective we're going to be. So I hope these stories inspire you and teach you and remind you of the own of your the wisdom that you have in your own being already. And if you feel like you want to share with others, feel free to reach out because I'd love to hear your story as well so that you can continue to teach me and teach all of us how to harvest all of the medicine that's in your life. Thank you for listening to My Life is the Medicine. We hope our guest story this week has inspired you to look closer at your own life. Maybe you heard some of your own story and their story. 
through many of these experiences are common, ordinary experiences. And maybe something about their story was unique, which also might have inspired you to think about how your life, too, is unique. Either way, we hope our story today has helped you to see that your life, too, is the medicine. If you'd like to consider diving deeper into your own story and sharing your story with others, we hope you might consider joining us on a future episode. And if not, that's okay too. We hope you'll continue listening, keep reflecting, and help you see how your life too is the medicine. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.